0: logistics providers have tons of data on which to base their service decisions, but it takes machines to make sense of it all. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, managing editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is a Supply Chain Brain Podcast. The era of big data is threatening to become the era of data chaos. There's just too much information out there for we lowly humans to interpret in a useful manner. One study finds that carriers will lose $15 billion this year due to a glut of excess inventory. There's got to be a better way of matching supply with demand. The answer, according to my guest today, lies in machine learning and artificial intelligence. Adam Compain is founder and CEO of ClearMetal. He describes the the state-of-the-art in deploying this technology to help carriers and other companies better manage their assets and make smarter trade decisions. It's all a matter of separating signal from noise, according to Compayne, who says that AI has finally developed to the point where it can turn this chaos into a semblance of order. The result, he claims, is true predictive logistics. So here is my conversation with Adam Compayne. Adam Compayne, welcome to the program. Thank you, Bob. What is the problem as you see it out there with regard to carriers and inventory levels and the relationship of logistics planning to those inventory levels and their ability or inability to predict them?
1: Really, I think the fundamental challenge the industry is facing is overwhelming complexity and uncertainty that's amounted over time. And the real challenge there is also that the carriers or really anyone in this space doesn't really have the technology or tools to make sense of that complexity and uncertainty. And So as a result, they're left with dealing with a whole bunch of problems, whether it's inventory levels like you mentioned or uh, inability to optimally allocate their assets around the world. That's both vessels and containers. Generally, all these headaches day to day lead to big challenges in, in profitability in, in the industry right now.
0: So what it comes down to, bottom line, is that they're unable to accurately predict demand for their services and for their ships, right?
1: So I'd agree with that. I'd extend it, though. I think it's not just demand. It's actually the inability to predict demand as well as supply or inventory, as you call it, as well as customer behavior or even operational movements and how the market will move. It's really across the board that prediction is so key. And the inability to predict leaves any logistics player with a challenge in how to manage their assets, or how to manage their trade decisions.
0: Now, as I understand it, you would you would argue that carriers this year alone have lost $5 billion due in part to high inventory levels and the uh, consequent less need for their services, even though they were geared up to provide that service. Is that a correct money figure?
1: That's actually a, a statistic from Drury's report. That's an estimated loss this year in the carrier industry. And I think uh, a recent article came out Jury stating somewhere from five or, if not, six to ten billion dollars of loss across the industry, um, and that's a result of, of a number of things. Part of it is overcapacity and the continued decline of freight rates, but it also comes in other operational challenges and costs that they have, so is empty repositioning costs, of course, bunker costs as well. The list goes on, but it's an extremely hard year for the carrier industry.
0: If carriers were able to make a more accurate assessment of demand, inventory levels, customer behavior, and all the points that you just mentioned, what are the factors that they would have to take into account in order to come up with an accurate forecast?
1: So in terms of how to come up with the accurate forecast, honestly, it's all of the data that really does sit in the shipping industry. It's the data that's already there. There's troves of data around... Uh, customer and BCO behavior around their own operational performance from inland moves to over the ocean and how they actually uh, fill up vessel space. There's really a mountain of data in the industry, like in any, to be honest. And the, the challenge today is that the carriers aren't equipped with a technology or an antenna sophisticated enough or in tune enough to really listen to all that data and, and find the signal and all the noise. So really, it's data across all of their bookings all of their container movements, all of the vessel voyage movements, and really any data that exists around the shipment cycle.
0: You said the acronym BCO, Beneficial Cargo Owner, correct? Yeah, yeah. Just just so we know what we're talking about here. You're saying, though, that the data is there, if only they had a better hold on it and the ability to analyze it better, but the data would be describing a present state, how can that data that is already there describing what's going on now be of use to them in terms of predicting what's going to happen later? Or is that not what we're talking about here?
1: Yeah, Bob, that's a great question. So it's both data that exists today about the current state of the world as well as historical data. So I think the real problem we're talking about is typically carriers and actually all, all parties in the, in the supply chain are often using generic forecasting techniques. These are truly forecasting. I mean, you look at historical pattern, you look at historical behavior, historical data, and you essentially extrapolate from that. It's often using seasonal demand curves, 30-day averages, even sophisticated operational techniques like Holt Winters or ARIMA models. These are all essentially forecasts, and they're rudimentary tools to actually forecast the future. What we're talking about here is really predictive logistics, and when Queer Metal talks about that, what we mean is using the mass quantities of data there are, same data, honestly, historical and current state, but using technology like machine learning, data science, predictive analytics to mine that data in a much more sophisticated manner, meaning finding all the correlations between different data sets and finding how each data element relates to one another. If you do this and you're leveraging technology like machine learning, and you have a good ingestion engine, a good prediction engine, and a good simulation engine to model the whole trade network, find the correlations between all the data, and then predict off that, you can actually get a lot more accurate. It's a deeper look at the data. It's a more granular look at the data. And what it's doing is it's finding patterns that do exist in that data and doing sophisticated predictions off that. It's it's a bit different. I'm not sure if I'm articulating it too well, but let me know if I can dive deeper there.
0: Well, when we talk about big data these days, very often we're describing a a state of affairs in which we're implying that there is more of it than there ever was before. Uh, You seem to be saying that this data was always there but just wasn't being fully utilized. Or are you also agreeing that there's more data than there ever was before to be taken advantage of?
1: Yeah, thanks. It's actually a great great articulation. I would say it's both. Wherever there has been a lot of information about shipping. It's essentially a question, though, of where the information has been stored and how accessible it is. So I think you're right to say that there is more data now, but I'd add that it's more data now that's accessible. It, it took the last 10, 15 years for the platform companies in the in the industry to digitize shipping operations and to actually keep track of that data. Now, to date, it's been in very disparate silos, different data warehouses within a company. It hasn't been easy at all to extract that data, put it in one place, make sense of it, and then do sophisticated prediction or analytics on top of it. Now, it's a reality that, that it is. And this is a recent phenomenon. Maybe, say, three, five years ago, it wasn't possible. Now it is. You can actually take and extract that data out of different systems within the carrier world or the, the supply chain world You can ingest it and put it in one place, host it in the cloud and make sense of it. And by using the cloud, you can actually leverage these sophisticated technologies coming out of Silicon Valley, like the ones that ClearMetal is using. We're talking about machine learning techniques and others. And you can really make sense of that data now. So it is a a, a different world, but I I guess the one clarification is now you can use the data differently than you could have before.
0: Let me get a better sense of where this data is coming from. You've implied that some of it actually is resident within carrier's own systems. I guess is that the case. But they also have to go outside their systems and find it. So where else are they getting it? Are they getting it proactively from shippers? Is it, are they getting it from economic figures? Where is this data that's, that's, that's sitting out there? Where is it residing exactly?
1: So a lot of the data, and actually almost all of it that you need to work with, does live in the carrier's hands. So we're talking about their booking systems, their ERP systems, container movement data. And a lot of this data is passed back and forth by EDI or FTP in the industry already. This is how terminals talk to carriers, how carriers talk to their vendors like truckers and, and others. So the data is actually largely in these hands already. There are, of course, other third-party signals. If you look at AIS data, which is essentially vessel movement data tracked by satellite. Those are information sources that a company like Clear Metal or even the carriers themselves can look at and rely on. The interesting thing, though, that ClearMetal's seen is by using just the data that already exists, as shocking as it may sound, you're actually able to get a massive leap in predictive accuracy. As we've seen, ClearMetal has driven a 30 to 60% improvement in forecast accuracy when looking at the container demand and supply problem. And funny enough, you don't need too much external data to make that, And the reason for that is because so far the tools are so crude that you can make a, a real order of magnitude change by using some more sophisticated technology like the ones Clear Metal is ushering in.
0: I've heard you a couple of times now use the phrase machine learning. Would you extend that to the phrase or the, the label artificial intelligence as well? Or do you think there's a difference between those two things? What is actually being deployed here? Is it true AI?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. So first, 100%, it is through AI. The way I differentiate the terms is artificial intelligence is really an umbrella term that takes into account a whole bunch of different techniques. Machine learning is a certain set of those techniques, and it has two really important premises that are very, very different from the way traditional forecasting or the industry use used technology today. Machine learning, the two premises are one, that instead of building a model, building an algorithm, writing an algorithm, and having that static algorithm pump data through, and and get an answer out the other side. Rather, what it says is, you know what, the world, the shipping world is too complex, and what you need is a, a much more dynamic model. Machine learning actually looks at the data, looks at the complexity, and uses that data, leverages that data to build models and correlations between the data. So it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic machine that essentially builds models, not a model that is static and sitting there that you pump data through. The second of machine learning is that it learns over time, meaning every time new information, new data hits that system, the machine learning will constantly adjust its understanding of the world and therefore its prediction. And so that's why machine learning, which is not a box you can buy off the shelf, it's a set of technologies and essentially a technological approach, that's why it's so much better at forecasting and predicting because it is as dynamic as the, the true shipping world is.
0: It's interesting that AI in its early days talked a lot about so-called expert systems in which the machine was supposed to mirror the ability of an expert human, but it sounds like what you're talking about is far beyond the ability of any human being ever to do, that we have exceeded human ability in this case, and the machine learning aspect of it is actually a a step forward in terms of making sense of all this data. Would you agree with that?
1: I totally agree. I mean, really what we're looking at now is an era where you can Truly leverage technology to enhance your intelligence and understanding about the world. If you look at some of the best technology companies out there Google, Facebook, Amazon, and others they're leveraging machine learning because it's such a sophisticated instrument and such a step change in the way we use technology. And the reason for that is because it does follow similar patterns to the human brain. It looks for patterns, it looks for correlations between events. But the difference is it's not looking for cause, it's looking for relationships. And the relationships that the computer can find and identify are multivariate and far more sophisticated than our brains can comprehend. So maybe we can understand, for example, in the shipping world, that likely when a certain type of shipper books a certain type of commodity into a certain location, that they cancel on average 30% of the time. That's about the extent that the human brain can go. However, what they can do is also look at the day of week, time of day, the port pair, whether there are specialty requirements what the last 32 bookings of that and other shippers were, what the weather is like, what kind of vessel it is, on and on and on, and look at all these variables that one wouldn't think have a relationship and a dependency on a cancellation rate, but they actually do. And so if you can employ a system sophisticated enough to look at hundreds of signals and model and simulate multiple different patterns and identify the right one, need the expertise, but why hunt with a crude instrument? Why do surgery with a spoon when you can do it with a scalpel? Why shoot something with a slingshot when you can use a sniper rifle? Machine learning technologies and the type of technology that criminals are in are these sharper tools.
0: Again, I just want to get back to the inventory part. How do they get the data? Where is the data that, that uh, about inventory levels that would clue them into – I mean, that obviously has a down-the-road impact on demand for shipping services, whether inventories are high or low. How are they learning that information? What, where is that data resident?
1: In- inventory levels, I think, really come in a few ways. I can think of three primary ways that, that it's important in the shipping world. First is inventory, meaning slot capacity, or how much space there is on a vessel. That's important, obviously, because how much space you have and vessel space is perishable determines how you can haul things across the world. The second type of inventory is really container availability. So do you have containers in the right place at the right time to accept a shipper's booking and haul their goods where they they need to? And the third inventory is also talked about in the industry on the beneficial cargo owner side, the BCO side. So are inventory levels in a retailer's warehouse high or low? And, and that's important because that dictates how much they order. If, if their shelves are full, they probably order less.
0: Once they have this information in hand, though, let's say the ocean shipping industry The question of their agility or their ability to respond to trends quickly. I mean, you have these gigantic ships and gigantic investments, and they can't exactly turn on a dime, literally or metaphorically. So what are they expected to do with -hmm. with this information once they have it in hand? Would they be pulling back ships? Would they be increasing services? I mean, what exactly would they do?
1: They would operate better in, in every way, in the most acute way you make a decision as they're making now, you know, a week or two weeks ahead of time, sometimes three, sometimes four, on where do I move my containers? How do I reposition them? And that's the decision on where the container is now and a prediction of where I think I need them. So if you had all this data and you made sense of it with the kind of tools and technology we're talking about, first order decision is, okay, do I reposition a container or do I keep it where it is expecting a booking? You can roll that up to the actual vessel and say, hey, by a certain vessel cutoff date. Are there going to be enough full and empty containers to fully utilize that ship or not. If there aren't, let's move them around to make it so. If there are, then great, and we're good to go. And then that actually rolls up to the things you mentioned, a much bigger, much more important financial decisions around how do you run a certain service? What ports of call do you go into? Really where the industry is trying to go is from this operational reactive cost-cutting mode into marketing and revenue driving. And if you can actually understand the most basic unit, the container, your customers, how things move about the world, that actually does have an impact down the line of rolling up to full vessel fleets or full uh, vessel service strings. So the impact can be massive.
0: You know, judging from the financial performance of the ocean shipping industry this year and before, I would have to conclude that not too many of these carriers are making use of this capability, because if they were, one would think that their performance would be a heck of a lot better than it is. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I agree with you, and that's what we're trying to help them do. But it is challenging. It is challenging. I think if you take a snapshot of where we are in the shipping industry, we were really at the early days of technology and digital innovation. Again, my comments on just a few years ago, you digitized the information and had it in a place that you can start to do sophisticated things with it. Now. Queer Metals conversations and engagements with carriers, I mean, the most forward-looking, progressive, and intelligent ones are very in tune with this and, and adopting it quicker than carriers, I think, adopt anything in the industry. So we're proud of that. But you're right. We have a long way to go. There's massive challenge. Carriers are burdened with all the sort of profitability challenges they're facing day to day, and it is challenging to invest in the future. But those that want to survive and will survive are the ones that are going to. And I think we're seeing that pattern hold.
0: It seems as though shippers would benefit from the use of this as well, manufacturers, retailers, distributors, to get a a, a truer picture of demand and trends in their own markets. Is that not the case?
1: That's exactly the case, and and I'm glad you made that note. What we've understood, if you think about it, every decision made in the logistics industry is based on a prediction. Whether or not to move a container, as we've been talking about, is based on a prediction of where you think you'll have them or, or need them. For a freight forwarder or a non-vessel operating cargo carrier, the decision on whether to accept a booking or what rate to offer is based on a prediction of inventory levels and their own costs. If you're a shipper, a BCO, whether to order goods or manage your inventory is based on the prediction of when you think your imports will arrive and how things will move. So really, everything at its core in logistics is based on a prediction. Because of that, these predictions are extremely valuable not just to carriers, as you call it, but also to the freight forwarders, terminal operators, shippers. And we were in discussions and and had solutions that are actually deploying to most all of these parties. Again, because predictions are so core, and the same type of prediction around the container can be applied in different ways to different parties. That's totally
0: true. It also seems as though a lot of this is leading indicators for an overall general economic forecast as well, that you could go beyond carriers and shippers and utilize this by economists and others could use this in the same way. And maybe for all I know they already do, uh, they, don't get th- they don't get things right all the time, so obviously it's not perfect. But you, you could take this tool and you could purpose it for other fields as well, could you not?
1: It's certainly possible. The use of commodity trends and shipping are used today in financial markets and general economy forecasts. That's totally true. I think what's true, kind of like we've been talking about already, is that the amount of data used, the granularity of that data used, and the predictive capabilities off that data are a little bit limited. So there is a long way to go. Companies like Clear Metal may be in a position to do that, but I I have to say that's absolutely not what we're looking at or, or doing today. Um, and we don't really have our eyes set on that. Really, our interest is helping the, the companies who have this data in their houses and operate better, making more efficient decisions around asset allocation as well as trade management.
0: So when it comes to interpreting this massive data, maybe chaos isn't quite so chaotic as we thought? <laughs> it's, it's
1: a great way to put it. I think the, the truth is, while historically complexity has been the devil and the challenge, now, given the technology capabilities, complexity is actually the answer. These machines thrive off complexity, and you can actually leverage the complexity to resolve uncertainty in the shipment cycle and operate better. That's what I'd say. I absolutely agree.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how this develops going forward. But, uh, Adam campaign I want to thank you so much for sharing some time with us here to talk about this concept of predictive logistics. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Yeah, Bob, thank you so much, and I appreciate the opportunity.
0: That was my conversation with Adam Compain of Clear Metal, talking about the application of artificial intelligence and machine learning to logistics planning. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain.